BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events, chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. KFI AM640, you're listening to the John Cobell Podcast on the iHeartRadio app. We're on the radio from 1 until 4, as you know. Then after 4 o'clock, John Cobelt on demand, the podcast, so you can listen to what you miss. Been uh, furiously looking up the history of the Scott Peterson trial. Yes, the guy who killed Lacey Peterson uh, over uh, 20 years ago now. She disappeared Christmas Eve 2002. And if you've been around long enough, you probably remember... That was a, uh, a a long trial. Uh, it was a long uh, search for to prove that Peterson, uh, well, first they had to find Lacey Peterson's body and then uh, connect it to Scott Peterson, and then you had a trial. And he was sentenced to death, uh, and then the sentence was reduced to life in prison without parole because there was a dispute about a juror, whether she had been forthcoming about uh, uh, domestic incidents and and uh, legal issues that she had had in her life, she had not apparently uh, you know told the judge about it, and <clears throat> so they decided to turn his sentence into life in prison without parole. See, this is why you've got to execute people right away. If we had an immediate execution policy in California, you wouldn't get a story like this today, out of the blue. And I just heard this uh, driving in at noon, listening to Deborah's news. Because ABC uh, had an exclusive, and Alex Stone really just had a, a, an elongated headline there. I can't find any details, but it's the Innocence Project has taken up the Scott Peterson case. That's what ABC says. And the Innocence Project has gotten a number of people out of prison who were wrongfully convicted. Um. You know, they, they they usually take on cases that they think they have a reasonable chance to uh, to win with. I don't know why they're picking the Scott Peterson case. It was like right just up to 
uh, you know, a couple of minutes ago, I've been going through the history of the trial and I'm trying to figure out what's what's the angle here because it it it's not about the juror, I don't think, because because whether that juror was uh, was properly vetted or not, um, it, it doesn't it doesn't change his his guilt or innocence. You, you have a guilty guy and maybe you have a funky juror. But um, the Innocence Project deals with people where the, the evidence was just wrong or the evidence used to convict a person was just wrong or there, were, there was other evidence that was, never, uh, that was never entered into court. And according to the stories is that they're looking for new evidence that dates back to the trial in 2003. So I don't know what new evidence there is. Um, that they think other people did it. Well, I can't imagine who that would be. And, you know, the, 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 it, right at this point, it's not really worth going into the evidence at the time because it, it's lengthy. And uh, I don't know what they're going after, but if this actually gains some traction, then, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll reopen the case here. Because uh, they didn't have... You know, there were no witnesses that saw Scott. The, the theory is, is he took, uh, he killed Lacey, took her out in a boat. And she, she was pregnant, eight months pregnant at the time with their son. And uh, he had created an anchor out of cement. And they think that uh, she was tossed overboard with the anchor. And then it was quite a while before her body washed up on the beach, on the coast. And her head was missing. Her body was was badly decomposed. But they had a lot of circumstantial evidence about his behavior before and after. And he was carrying on uh, two affairs. You might remember the name Amber Fry. That was one of the girlfriends. And his behavior really, really was squirrely. Um, he, just, he just screamed guilty guy. Also psychopathic guilty guy, man without a conscience. Uh, so anyway, Alex Stone from uh, ABC News is going to come up in about uh, in about a half an hour and uh, try to give us uh, whatever is out there now about the Innocence Project wanting to free Scott Peterson. They want they want uh, to gather evidence and I guess force this case to be reopened or retried or have him released. I don't know. Very very sketchy story right now in terms of details. Uh, we're also going to have on later uh, at, at 3 o'clock, right? 3 o'clock. Yeah, we're going to have Ethan Weaver on. Ethan Weaver is a deputy city attorney, and he's running against the notorious Nithya Raman. Uh, Nithya Raman is a councilwoman who uh, is one of the worst council people. I guess after Mike Bonin was uh, chased out of office, Nithya Raman took over as just, just awful. Uh, she's the one who would do nothing about the homeless encampment in front of a school in Los Feliz. Uh, there were there were not only you know dozens of homeless people living in the encampment, but the gangs had taken over the tents and they were selling drugs and guns out of the tents, and it was directly in front of the school. And she absolutely refused to do anything about it. And then you might remember Sherman Oaks has been besieged with all kinds of crazy. Uh, Vagrants. I mean, I mean, just drug addicts and mental patients. Um, and you remember the businessman? It was a restaurant owner in Sherman Oaks. Uh, was was uh, 
there was there was a there was a vagrant with a huge bag of poop and he swung it at the restaurant owner's car. You remember that that story <clears throat> from a, a year or two ago? Just you know, this and there's all this poop splattered on the guy's windshield, and <clears throat> the restaurant owner tracked Nithya Raman down with a reporter from Fox 11, and they found that uh, they I mean, they kind of ambushed her on camera. And she was just cold, stone-faced. She didn't care that in her district she's allowed the vagrants to run amok where uh, mental patients feel comfortable swinging bags of poop at business owners. I mean, this is, uh, it, 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 she, she's terribly bad. She's with the Democratic Socialists of America, which is that uh, quasi-communist group that has infiltrated city council. I, I, I don't understand why the whole city doesn't. Uh, take this uh, threat seriously because they they now control four city council people, I believe, out of fifteen. So they're increasingly and 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 all these people are just politically insane and maybe psychologically insane too. But it, it's, it's they're anarchists is what it is, and they're they're trying to destroy the city. And you know, in certain districts, they're succeeding. So we're going to talk with uh, Ethan Weaver, uh, the deputy city attorney, because. Uh, it's out of control. Yeah, it, she, her district is is far flung. It goes on on both sides of the Santa Monica mountain range, both in the valley and in the LA basin. It's kind of a sprawling district. Uh, so that's a couple of the big things uh, that we've got going today. And also we're going to have Corbin Carson on to talk about that trial in Orange County. Do you remember the story? This is from 2021 when um, uh, a mother was driving her six-year-old son to kindergarten. Uh, she was cut off. And she uh, she flipped uh, the bird at uh, the other driver uh, or at, at yeah, at the other driver, uh, a woman, uh, the woman's boyfriend uh, pulled out a gun, fired it at Joanna Clunan's car and killed uh, her son, Aiden Leos. Uh, it was it was really just really tragic and sad. So uh, Corbin's covering that trial opening up in Orange County. So good stuff today. Moist line, right, 877-MOIST-86, 877-MOIST-86. That's 877-664-7886. And if, uh, oh, well, tomorrow's Friday. We're going to play it tomorrow. So we still have uh, room for you. If you're, uh, if you're uh, angry enough, uh, you're, you're agitated enough, you have a point of view that you want to express, 877-MOIST-86. Uh, We're giving away $1,000 in minutes. Look at all this, huh? We got more show than time today. You're listening to John Kobelt on demand from KFI AM 640. The communists have really run amok in California. I read this story like three times today because I just don't believe it. Do you know at the moment, if you live in Beverly Hills, you cannot get a permit to build, well, to, to, to have any construction on your house. You can't do any home improvement upgrades in the city of Beverly Hills right now because a Superior Court judge named Curtis Kinn has blocked the city from issuing all building permits uh, unless it's new development. It's a penalty against the city of Beverly Hills, but actually it's a penalty against every homeowner because if you're a homeowner, uh, you can't remodel your house in any way. Because Beverly Hills committed the terrible crime of 
an insufficient blueprint for affordable housing. Now, they apparently are hell-bent on forcing wealthy towns and neighborhoods into accepting what they call affordable housing. But what does that mean? Accepting poor people. Like poor people are going to be forcibly inserted in wealthy neighborhoods because the state says so, because it's a lack of equity. So if you buy into a neighborhood or a city because you like that it's single family, maybe there's a lot of big homes, you got land around your homes, that is now against California law. We've talked about this over the years, but it's really coalescing because the lawsuits are being filed, judges are upholding the law, and the idea that now you can't live in a single-family neighborhood anymore. Somebody may sell the house across the street from you, and they'll put up some kind of apartment complex. And, and the city's been fighting back by simply not, not playing ball with the state. They are not producing blueprints for their affordable housing plan. Or if they do, it's a half-assed blueprint that doesn't really make any sense. They're intentionally just trying to waste everyone's time, which I applaud. They, they should be uh, waste, uh, wasting everybody's time because this is nuts. Um, so uh, th this is one of the worst consequences now of this movement to, to uh, force poor people or force wealthy people to live with poor people. Uh, I'm just going to say it bluntly because that's what it's about. And uh, the El Segundo Times, you know where they stand. So the, the, the story is slanted that there's been very little population growth in Beverly Hills. In 1970, it was 33,400. Today, it's 32,400. So it's almost exactly the same. While in California, the number of residents has doubled to nearly 40 million. So... At the uh, L.A. Times and the communists that run the government in Sacramento, that's not fair. That's not right. All this extra population and Beverly Hills hasn't accommodated by creating one new net home, one new net apartment. There's actually fewer people living in Beverly Hills than 50 years ago. This is untenable. And I, it's, to me, it's not their business. I think everybody in the world knows that you have to make a certain amount of money uh, to live in a wealthy neighborhood. And you either make the money or you don't. And if you don't, you accept whatever neighborhood you land in. And, you know, if you're going to if you're going to take in millions and millions of poor illegal immigrants, well, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to get areas of the city that are really crowded and really poor. And then the businesses pay these uh, illegal aliens sub-minimum wage, well, now they, they, they're giving a ticket to Beverly Hills because in Beverly Hills, you're forced to build affordable housing. That's nuts. And as a punishment, you can't even put in a new kitchen. You can't put in a new bathroom if you live in Beverly Hills. There's no uh, permits. I... I what I can you get more intrusive than that? I understand that they have to have permits to make sure all the buildings are built to a certain code, right? But what is the state 
sticking their nose in saying, well, you don't have enough poor people in your neighborhood. You don't have enough cheap apartments. By the way, I, I, it, it's tough to build affordable housing in wealthy areas because the land is expensive. The cost of building the apartments are expensive. You can't charge enough rent to make these projects work financially. So this this is this is going to be this is going to be a, a, a nasty fight. I, I mean, I can't believe, especially all those wealthy wealthy powerful people, they're going to put up with being told they can't remodel their kitchen. And I'm sorry, I don't understand the hatred for the rich. I mean, I they they are if they earn their money legally, they're entitled to spend their money and have a big house. They worked for it. You know, I hear people like curse, curse Jeff Bezos every day, right? I, he can't, I saw, go online. Have you seen the photo of him when he started out with Amazon? He rented out somebody's garage. He had a card table and he had a vinyl banner that said Amazon tacked up to the wall behind him. Go look at it. That's how he got started out of this garage. And he had this idea with the internet being new that he could sell books over the internet. All right, we know we know what happened. But he did the work. He took the risk. He had the genius idea, and he executed it. I don't care if he's worth $200 billion. And nearly all the people who are carping about his wealth feed him more money every day. The Amazon truck is up and down and up and down along with uh, the, the UPS truck and the FedEx truck. And they're dumping these Amazon packages all over the place all day long. So everybody's using his service. So he deserves the money. And most of the wealth is tied up in the stock that he owns in the company, which he built. I mean, you know, from the garage and the card table with the with the banner on the wall. So that's just insane, ridiculous, hysterical thinking that you're supposed to be upset with him for coming up with a great service that you use every day. All right, more coming up. Uh, John Cobelt Show. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. You're listening to John Cobalt on demand from KFI AM 640. On the radio, 1 until 4, then after 4 o'clock, John Cobalt Show on demand, the podcast. We're going to go now to Alex Stone, ABC News. ABC had an exclusive today that the Scott Peterson case has been taking up, taken up by the uh, L.A. Innocence Project. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what this is about. Alex, shed some light here. Hey there, John. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the history of the Innocence Project, typically they only take things that, that they truly believe that, that they can get overturned, and they have a history of getting things overturned. It is the Los Angeles chapter of the, the Innocence Project uh, that is doing this. And in this court filing that, that we got today from the, the court in San Mateo County, that they are making the claim, in fact, I'll read, it says, Evidence has been discovered that points to Mr. Peterson's innocence and points to the actual perpetrators of the crimes against Lacey and Connor Peterson. They say that there are many things that police ignored or did not look at, that they want to now see that evidence from the court. They're not yet making the claim that he should be released or that he deserves a new trial, but they are making a claim for discovery to say, show us what you've got court on a number of different bullet points that they're hitting, but they are really focused in on a burglary that happened across the street from the Petersons' home around the same time of her disappearance. Police had long discounted that. They said they arrested the guys, had nothing to do with it. The L.A. Innocence Project is claiming that there may be more to it than that, that, yes, there are arrests made in the, the case. They want to hear the interviews that were done with uh, the, the two out of the four suspects in that. They want to know about somebody who was seen in a bike, on a bike in the area, uh, other witnesses say that they saw a 70s-looking van in the neighborhood, and a 70s-looking van was found burning down the street uh, a short time after the, the crime was committed. So there's a number of things that they lay out here. They are indicating that they are going to, to ask that he be released from prison, now serving life in prison, no longer the, the death penalty. Uh, they haven't gotten there yet, but uh, a lot of things are asking the court for. All the evidence that you cited there, I put the word evidence in quotes, I remember all that stuff from the original trial. 
it for you know for 21 years they've been regurgitating the same uh incidents over and over again the burglary across the street and 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 so on uh i it that's been investigated and reinvestigated and re-reinvestigated and appealed and reappealed I but mean, I think it's important to point out, too, that court after court has said, no, you're not getting out. Yeah, he got off of death row, but, you know, has said, no, that you're not getting a new trial. And it went to the California Supreme Court and they said, OK, you know, don't give him the, the death penalty because of potential juror misconduct. But he stays in prison. So the, the courts have not seen any reason to believe that there needs to be a new trial. But this group is now coming in and saying, well, We've got, you know, new parts of this evidence that either police ignored or police didn't know about. Uh, some of it, it's uh, this is like 800 pages of documents that we got today uh, of exactly what their argue, arguments are going to be compared to, to what they knew in court 20 years ago. Um, but now the question is going to be, what does the court in San Mateo County do? Does it say, you know what, you're right, we want to hear your evidence? Does it say... We know all of that. We, sorry, no, thank you very much, but but we're not going to do it. What do they do? And and we don't know. They they just filed all of this. So this court could order an investigation be reopened, or they could order a well. To I mean, it was, so we well, we heard from yeah Peterson's uh, sister-in-law today saying that their aim is to get a new trial and point to they claim who the real killer was. Now they're saying that they're going to argue that. If it's too expensive to have a new trial, to let him go free and uh, to let him out of prison because clearly he didn't get, they claim, a fair trial. Now, they claim that in the last couple of years, and, you know, that, that then led to all these court hearings. And it goes back, really, to the one juror, you remember her, the fire engine red hair? Yeah. And it, that, that she allegedly didn't tell the whole truth during the the voir dire process and that she did have a history with a crime against her and whatnot. So the court said, all right. So she didn't mention that she had been the victim of a crime. It doesn't make her not reliable as a juror, but we'll, we'll take you off of death row and, and you can have life in prison, right. but not a new trial. They're coming back now and saying they want a new trial. That's uh, really bizarre. <laughs> so there, there, there are 800 pages of documents that are being made public here. Uh, yeah, well, we got our hands on them, uh, so you know, as public as that we were able to get them. But it uh, it's a lot of lot of arguments in this, a lot of claims being made about the burning van and the the burglary and scent trackers and DNA. The van. And oh, I remember. His, it's it's all coming back. You remember Mark Garagos's argument that oh, it was yeah. a, a a a a satanic cult was in the van and they were driving around and they kidnapped uh, Lacey Peterson. Oh, yeah. No, and I mean, they're saying it could have been any number of things. Did they say that Modesto police went in, focused in on Scott Peterson, and then didn't look at anybody else and, you know, made everybody believe there wasn't anything else or anybody else, and yeah. that uh, they ignored a lot? All right. Thanks very much. Let you know where it goes. Yeah. That's Alex Stone, ABC News, on the Innocence Project here in Los Angeles trying to get uh, this case reopened. Um, most of the time... You get murdered by somebody you know. And if it's somebody you know, much of the time it's uh, your your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, girlfriend, somebody else in the family. That's, that's what life is. Only people who are family or in some kind of romantic relationship can work up enough anger over feeling betrayed, over feeling wrong to actually murder. The number of people 
who are actually who are picked off the street at random or there's a random burglary and I, and somebody gets killed that's a pretty small number most of the murders outside of you know domestic killings would be gang murders people shooting each other protecting their drug sales territory in in certain neighborhoods i mean that that's that's the you know if if you're killed by somebody you don't know and even then all these guys know each other right they're just they're just perpetually in a state of war with rival gangs and they shoot each other over money and drugs and territory so that's one category the other category is people in your family people because uh, people kill you know for what basically love or money those are two of the base uh, two of the most common and if you remember, Scott uh, was not enjoying his marriage. He had a couple of affairs going on. He was uh, not happy that the kid was on the way. He was uh, getting older, and it uh, looks like life wasn't turning out the way he planned. And his behavior, and, and again, it's, you know, you, you go to the Wikipedia page. That's a good place to start. And you start reading all the circumstantial evidence and his behavior before, during, and after the situation. Then, it, you know, it becomes clear. There's there's really there's really no question. Uh, and I remember Garagos at the time just created, you know, absurd stories. The satanic van. Just one example. And it was always, well, look over here. And what about this? Look over there. Look, hey, we had a burglary. Hey, look, there was a van driving by. It's like, stop it. The, the guy didn't want to be married with a kid. Too much of a burden. He, he enjoyed playing around with his girlfriends. And he thought he had a foolproof plan. He, he took Lacey out on a boat. I don't. We don't know if she was dead or alive. Took out, out on the boat, probably dead, and tied a 90-pound cement anchor to her and dropped her into the sea. And eventually parts of her body washed up. I... I you know, so his little plan didn't work. He could have spent the rest of his life free, you know, had the body remained submerged. But somehow her body detached from the anchor and the rotted corpse floated up onto the coast. You know, bad luck for him. His plan didn't, uh, didn't follow through. We got more coming up. Oh, 2 o'clock. In fact, we'll, we'll start getting into this in the next segment with Corbin Carson coming up after 2 o'clock on the uh, trial for the guy who shot a 6-year-old boy while his mother was taking him to school. Uh, this mother was cut off in traffic on the 55 freeway. She flipped the bird at another woman driving. And that woman's boyfriend pulled out his gun and fired it at Joanna Clunan's car, killing her son, Aiden. Remember this case from May of 2021? Well, the trial's starting, and Corbin was there. You're listening to John Kobelt on demand from KFI AM 640. And after 2 o'clock, Corbin Carson on a trial uh, dating back, <laughs> excuse me, <coughs> a trial dating back to 2021. Uh, when that, that six-year-old boy was killed, when his mom uh, flipped the bird to uh, another driver, and uh, that other driver's boyfriend uh, fired a gun, bullet hit Joanna Clunan's son in the back seat. They were driving; she was driving him to kindergarten. 
really sad story. So the trial began today. Uh, that'll come up in a few minutes. Uh, new data from uh, San Francisco. San Francisco continues to rot away. Um, do you know they set a record? 806 drug overdoses in 2023. That is the highest annual number of overdoses ever in the city. And it's up uh, 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 over 150 from the 2022 total. In 2022, they had 649 overdoses. In 2023, 806 overdoses. Can you imagine how many billions of dollars was spent in San Francisco fighting drugs, trying to trying to help the homeless? All the money we have put into treatment centers and rehabilitation and outreach, and they went up from 649 to 806. Uh, and these are these are overdose deaths. These are not just overdoses. These are people who died. 806 bodies, many of them in the streets. Uh, they, there were lawsuits filed against the pharmaceutical companies who started the opioid craze and the pharmacy chains that facilitated all the rampant prescriptions. Um, if you ever want to see a great, miniseries about the whole industry, uh, a docudrama. It's called Dope Sick. It's on Hulu. They made it a couple of years ago. It, it's absolutely shocking. The, the terrible pharmaceutical executives, the compromised FDA employees in Washington, the doctors, there was so much money flowing and basically everyone got bribed. The doctors were bribed the the uh, one of the FDA uh, bureaucrats was given a cushy job after he left government to look the other way and they got lots of people addicted but you know that was that was a uh, many years ago now in in 2023 it's or 2024 it's it's the fentanyl and the fentanyl is coming over the border like crazy and it's a hundred percent a democratic policy problem Right. We have a Democratic mayor and a Democratic uh, Board of Supervisors, Democratic mayor in San Francisco, Assembly, State Senate, most of the Congress people. They run the Senate. They have the presidency there and their collective wisdom. They have absolutely done nothing about all the fentanyl coming over the border. And they do nothing about all the mayhem in the streets and all the drug addicts dying in the streets. Eight hundred and six in a given year. You know when they have a plane crash, right, and 200 people die, what happens? They ground all the planes, like what's happened to uh, Boeing and the MAX 8. Um, 2023 was just crazy. There were 200 fentanyl deaths in just the first three months of the year. Drug overdose deaths at 806. And the director of the San Francisco Department of Public Health has thrown up his hands. Every four and a half minutes, someone dies of an overdose. San Francisco cannot solve this problem alone of record overdose deaths. And then he goes on to say, we need greater investments in behavioral health care, mental health, substance use treatment. We've given billions. We've given billions and everything has gone up. 
instead of saying we need more money, more tax money, more of our money, tell us why with all the money we've paid, all the extra taxes, the extra uh, propositions, referendums, borrow, well, we've, we've done everything here. But nobody enforces the law. If you went back to arresting people on the street for being on drugs and then forcing them into treatment, or you, you, or you don't get out of jail. That, that was the deal it used to be. We're arresting you, you have a choice. You go to jail or you go to treatment. When you decide to go to treatment, we'll let you out of jail. That would clean up a lot of this and seal the border off. They won't do it. And then they use it as an excuse to demand more money. I, they're, they're completely nuts. Uh, and they think 2024 is going to be worse. And it seems that hardly anybody in San Francisco cares. And I realize most people don't care about most everything that goes on in the world. There's only so many tragedies you could care about, right? I mean, I, I, I don't really care if a, if a guy gets hooked on fentanyl and dies 500 miles away. And you don't care either. Don't pretend. Most people don't care. But it's all in the street. It's, it's laying on the sidewalk. It's in the parks. It's on the roads. It's no way to live. And, you know, that's why people and businesses are fleeing out of San Francisco because you can't live in a city where 800 people a year die of drug overdoses, most of them in the street. I... All right, we come back. Uh, Corbin Carson on that uh, case in Orange County where uh, a six-year-old was killed while his mother was driving him to kindergarten after uh, she gave the uh, the finger to another driver. And then the boyfriend uh, fired a bullet and killed uh, Joanna Clunan's little son. That's next with Corbin coming up. Hey, you've been listening to the John Cobalt Show podcast. You can always hear the show live on KFI AM 640 from 1 to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. 
Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details.